All right. So last week, Chrissy and the kids and I, we were on vacation. And it was nice on vacation. It was hot, but it was nice. We went down to Texas to visit family. And it's really nice to be home. Um, But we were on the way home last, just on Tuesday, coming home. As we're leaving at 4.30 in the morning, I put my address, like my home address, into Google Maps, right? So you can find the fastest and the best way to get home, right? It's, It's what you do, right? So I put it in there and it says 14 hours and 10 minutes. And your destination will be in a different time zone. I thought, okay, 14 hours, we can do that, no problem. We got this. It's 4.30, kids are sleeping, we can go. About nine or ten hours into the ride, all of a sudden, we come up to construction. And we're just at a dead standstill. So, what do I do? I go back to my map, right, on my phone as I'm sitting there. Is there any other way? Is there a better way? Is there any other route that I can take to get myself home sooner? Because after you're nine or ten hours into a trip, you're going, I don't even care. I just want to go home. Right? And since my Siri on my phone is in a different accented voice because the other one bothered me. As I'm putting in our address again, and it keeps telling me the same thing. It's showing me. I'm like, oh, like Google Maps was telling me all that. I'm like, dang it. So I go to Apple Maps. I'm thinking maybe it'll have a better option. So I pull it up, and I put in my address. And my Siri says, stay the course. <laughs> and that is the title of today's message. <laughs> stay the course. And... The amazing thing to me was that the route that it told me to take from the beginning was still the fastest route, even though I was inconvenienced for a few moments. And I really believe that God is wanting us to, he's wanting to speak to us today with certain areas of our life, stay the course. We have to stay the course even when it's hard. Even when it seems like there are things that are holding you back and keeping you from accomplishing what God said to do, God is saying, no, 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 stay the course. In the message translation in Psalms 119, it says this, it says, I'm not going to read the whole chapter because that would take forever. All right, it just says this. You're blessed when you stay on course, walking steadily on the road revealed by God. You're blessed when you follow his directions, doing your best to find him. I love that. You're blessed when you stay on course. That word for blessed, it's a Hebrew word that could be you're happy, you're fortunate, you are always have enough. When? You stay the course. See, too many times, too many times we start something that we know God is leading us to do, then it gets challenging and we give up. 
done it a lot. Like, yeah, God, I know you're leading me to do this. It's going to be awesome. And then it's not exactly the way I thought it was going to be like, I don't think so. Yeah, I must have missed God completely. We decide it's too hard to keep going. So we convince ourselves that we missed God and that we need to quit. And too often we quit or change directions just before we see the breakthrough. I hate that as human nature sometimes. I'm like, man, I've pushed, 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 I've done all the things and nothing has changed. And it feels like the wall is just, it's never ending. I'm just going to quit. But only had I stayed the course, I would have realized that the wall was only this much thicker. But I didn't stay the course long enough to actually follow through. Earlier this week, I was praying. Well, really, I was kind of complaining a little bit to God, right? Sometimes we're like, oh, I'm praying, but God, you know, I mean, it's all right. And so I was complaining a little bit to God. And nothing bad, but just reminding God of how my plans are better than his. Right? I mean, I'm sure nobody else has done that, but your pastor has, all right? So, you know, it's just, you know, you're going, but God, I mean, come on. Now, do, do you really realize, God, I mean, you know that if you just did this or let me do this, it would, everything would be fine. And as I was complaining, well, or praying, whatever you want to call it, I heard God say to me, If you put as much effort into my plans for your life as you do for your own plans, my kingdom would be expanding at a much faster rate. (laughs) Ouch, right? I'm glad I'm the only one who suffers through that and you guys don't have to deal with those things, right? But I do. That would hurt my feelings when God said that. I'm not going to lie. What do you mean, God? Come on. That's, that's not fair. That's not right. Because I'm sitting there trying to justify it, but God, I'm doing all these good things. But then I realized what God was really speaking to me in that he's, I realized that I had allowed an attitude of discontentment to arise within me. I had allowed myself to become discontent simply because things weren't going the exact way that I thought they should go. Without even meaning to, I had started to become double-minded. And I was looking for other alternatives rather than to just stay the course. As soon as I realized this, I, I, I repented and I was like, God, I was like, that, that wasn't my heart. I wasn't trying to be discontent in any of the things that you have asked me to do. And so I just said, God, please forgive me. But I had allowed my frustrations to boil over because I was at a standstill in certain aspects of my life and certain things that I was wanting to see happen a certain way. 
just like I was frustrated when I was in the car and we're sitting there at construction. In the middle of nowhere, mind you, with one of those silly stoplights that they put on there because it's a one-lane road and there's no one for miles because you can see and you're going... Do I just go? I, I should just go. Oh, no, I can't go. I mean, I'm gonna pray. There's going to be a cop sitting right over there as soon as I go, you know. And so you just sit there and you wait and you wait and you wait. And you're going, oh, my gosh. Getting more frustrated by the moment because I couldn't go 85 since there was nobody out there. Killing my time on my, my arrival time on my maps. Just keep getting longer and longer and longer. I'm going... I was, I was going to make it. I was going to make it in under 14 hours and 10 minutes, but not now. <laughs> but then I went back to the p- maps hoping for a different plan. And God just kept saying, nope, stay the course. Stay the course. See, Paul challenges us in the book of Philippians to be content no matter our circumstances. He goes on, we don't have it on the screen. He goes on and he says, he says that, uh, he goes, you know, he goes, I know what it's like to live with much. I know what it's like to live with nothing. I've been here, I've been there. I have all these things. He goes, and I have learned that no matter where I am, no matter what's going on in my life, I'm content because of who my God is and I know that I can trust him. That's actually leads right into the most, in my opinion, misused verse in the Bible. And go to the gym, you see the guy, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength, right? That actually comes right after he talks about being content. And he says, I know how to be content because I can do all those things because of Christ who gives me strength. We have to learn how to trust God even when things aren't what we think they should be. And I'm telling you, man, I was looking at that map. I pulled up every map I could try to find to find a faster way, a better way to get home the other day because I was irritated. And it just kept telling me, stay the course. I was also reminded of people in Scripture who stayed the course, and I am so glad that they did. One of the things that I love about We're going to read parts of Hebrew 11 here in a minute. But one of the things I love about uh, the people that God mentions in Hebrews 11 is that when you read their stories all throughout the Old Testament, you see all of their flaws and all of their failures. But when they are mentioned in Hebrews 11, all that's mentioned is their successes. And I can sit there and go, God, that's not the story that I read when I read this. And it says, man, God did this and it was amazing. You know, Abraham did this and it was amazing. Noah did this and it was amazing. I can look at that and go, God, that's not the story that I read back in Genesis about this. But the reality is, is that they maybe made mistakes, but they never gave up and they stayed the course. And then because of that, God rewarded them as look at these great people of faith. See, Noah, he built an ark all the way through ridicule and it was based off of something that had never been seen. Can you imagine how hard it would have been to stay the course if you were Noah? There had never been rain. They didn't know what this was going to be. And it took him years and years and years to build this ark. 
And I can only imagine the taunts and the perception of everybody else around him. But he stayed the course. I think of Sarah from Abraham and Sarah. And it says that Sarah actually believed God's promise about Isaac even after she tried to do things her own way. God had spoken something to her. She's like, man, my body's good as dead. There's no way I'm going to have this son of promise. So here you go, Abraham. We're going to do this a different way. But Hebrews regards her as a woman of faith because she still carried forth and produced the promise of God even after making a mistake. And then you have Abraham with Isaac, the very son of promise, the the one that he's able to have with Sarah that God said, this is who I'm going to bless the generations through you, Abraham. And Abraham is then asked by God to go and sacrifice his own son. He stayed the course and God provided. I cannot imagine how hard that would have been Especially as his son's going, uh, Dad, um, I, I know we're going up there to worship God and we're going to do some sacrifices. I mean, I, I get that, but we didn't bring anything to sacrifice. Don't worry about it, son. We're going. And his response was, God will provide. Abraham stayed the course. And God provided for him. I think of Joseph. God gave Joseph all these dreams about how he was going to serve him and that he was going to be this mighty man. He was going to be this mighty king or in this kingdom, excuse me, and he was going to be an overseer. And his brothers were going to bow down and worship him. And Joseph just says, yes, that's God's word. His brothers find out and they try to kill him. Then they throw him in jail. Then he gets falsely accused. He gets put back in jail. That to me is all the, I mean, in in my own natural thinking, I'm like, if there's ever a person who had every right to not stay the course, it would have been Joseph. God, all I did was everything you asked me to do. And here I am in a pit, then in jail, then I get out of it, then I get accused and I'm going back in it. And then I interpret somebody's dream and I say, hey, don't forget about me when you, when you're in there with Pharaoh because I need out of here. Yeah, you got it. And then the guy forgets about him for another three years. Good friend, right? (laughs) Oh yeah, there's a guy I was in jail with three years ago who could do this. He might still be there if he's not dead yet. But Joseph stayed the course because the Bible tells us that the word of the Lord tested him when he was in prison. Joseph stayed the course And then he was promoted to the second in command of all of Egypt, the most powerful nation at that time. I think of Daniel. He never compromised his religious beliefs. He never compromised and said, I I will. He always said, I will not worship these other false gods. I will do everything according to what God has told me to do. They threw him in the lion's den. They made all kinds of accusations against him. But he stayed the course. And God was faithful to him to where he was a high leader in several different kingdoms under several different kings. All these heroes in scripture stayed the course. Starting here in Hebrews 11 verse 39, it says, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. 
For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised. But they lived their life believing and teaching the next generation so that they stayed the course all of their life and then they raised up a generation to stay the course behind them. It's always funny to me how when we read the Bible, we have it, you know, within the English language, we have it broken up into chapters because, you know, kind of like, yeah, this goes here, this goes here, this goes here. But we got to think about in the New Testament especially, it was all letters. So if you ever start a chapter with the word therefore, you need to find out why that word is therefore. If it says therefore, then what is it there for? And that's where you have to go back. So in verse chapter 12 of Hebrews, it starts with therefore. However, the end of chapter 11 is what we just read. So if we read that all together, it says this, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people. Then you won't become weary and give up. If you want to stay the course, we have to fix our eyes on Jesus, the author or the initiator and the perfecter of our faith. Did you guys know that on Google and Apple Maps, while that is on and running in the background, it is always looking for the most current information. It's not like I just put in my address and it tells me, okay, and there you go, that's what it is. It is constantly looking for the most current information. It's looking for the best route for me to get to my destination based off of the current situation at hand. It will guide you around accidents or it will allow you to go to a standstill because it's still a better way. If we can trust our map apps to do all those things, I mean, come on, we all do. We all, oh, I don't trust technology. Yes, we do. Everything we do is techno- te- technological. If we trust our map apps that much, it's just a computer. How much more should we be trusting God when he says, stay the course? In my life, there have been so many times that I've tried to force something to happen simply because I didn't like the course that I was on. 
There's no road there. Oh, there will be. <laughs> All right, you know. I'm going to go make a road because I'm tired of this, right? Jeep owners always like, yeah, there's no road, no problem. I can go do that. All right. And you got the Toyota trying to do the same thing. But, you know, whatever. It's all right. Offend. As I offend half the congregation. But that's all right. <laughs> In all those instances in my own life, it's never worked out well for me any time I've decided to take the course into my own hands. As human beings, we tend to be moved a lot by our circumstances. We just do. It's, it's human nature. We, we tend to be moved a lot by our circumstances. We have these thoughts such as, man, this is just too hard and taking too long. I better find a different way. Or even, I've accomplished so much more. Look at this, I don't need help anymore. Look at me now and how far I've come. When we allow our successes or our failures to move us, we will miss what God is wanting to do in us. Never be moved by your successes or your failures. Only be moved by the word of God and your prayers. That's it. Don't ever be moved by my successes because if that's the case, I'm going to think way too highly of myself. I don't ever want to be moved by my failures because if that's the case, I'll never do anything that God's asked me to do. Everybody will have successes and everyone will have failures. Those are part of life. Anybody who tells you otherwise has only gotten participation trophies. And we need to make sure that we understand that there will be successes, there will be failures, and both are important, but neither one should ever determine what I do. All that should determine what I do and the next step I make is what has God said? What is God leading me to do according to his word? In that same vein, I'm reminded of some of the best advice that I ever received from a pastor. So I'm going to pass it on to you. I pass this on to many people. You may have heard me say it several times. It's been 20 some odd years. But I, had, I was in college and I went in to talk to my pastor and I was like, you know what? After this semester, I'm done. I'm going home because I'm not really doing anything here. I'm barely passing class sometimes. And I'm like, you know, and so I just, you know, I, I think after this semester, there's so much more I can do at home if I just go home. And he would always sit there and he'd listen to me and he'd say, Chris, all right. He'd go, hey, if that's what God's saying, that's great. He goes, but I have a question for you. All right. What is it, Sam? What do you want to tell me? And he would say, what's the last thing that you know you heard God say about this situation? Well, I know that he told me to come to college. Okay. Has he told you to quit yet? Well, not yet, but I mean, my grades are probably going to get me kicked out at some point anyway, you know, and and his response was, oh, let me make sure I write it or I say it correctly. His response was, stand on the last thing you know you heard God say until you hear him speak something different. Now, while this is incredible advice that I promise you will change your life, we also have to make sure that we don't swing that too far in one direction or the other. 
Because if we aren't careful, we can end up always looking for the next word of God. God, what do you say now? What do you say now? What do you say now? And we forget what he told us to do and we become discontent. Or the other side of that, though, is that we sit there and it's like, no, I know this is what God said to do, so I'm just going to do it. And we never even pray and ask God if that's still what we're supposed to be doing. We have to stand on his word and at the same time posture ourselves to where we're just leaning into his heart so that as he's wanting to speak something potentially different to us, we can hear it and we know that we've heard God's voice. I'm not constantly saying, God, speak something different, speak something different, speak something different. I'm going to stand on his word. But I'm also not just going to completely stand on this word that I tune out if he's wanting to say something different. It has to be a both and, not an either or. We have to stay the course. As we stay content... And as we stay the course and trust that he will tell us when to move forward and when to move into everything that he has called us to do next. At the end of Paul's life, he makes these two statements. The first one is in Philippians chapter 3. Paul was, most theologians believe, he was, he was pretty close to the, to the time that he died here when he wrote the book of Philippians. And he says, he says this to the church of Philippi. He says, I admit that I have not yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing. But I run with passion into his abundance so that I may reach the purpose that God, or excuse me, that Jesus Christ has called me to fulfill and wants me to discover. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. However, I do have one compelling focus. I forget all of the past as I fasten my heart to the future instead. I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. And then the second thing he says is to Timothy, his spiritual son, and he says this in 2 Timothy 4, 7. He says, I have fought an excellent fight. I have finished my full course and I have kept my heart full of faith. See guys, Paul stayed the course through all kinds of hardship. He didn't have an easy life. He was shipwrecked. He was beaten. He was thrown in prison. He was falsely accused. He had all these terrible things that happened to us today, probably even more so than any of us actually experience today. And yet he stayed the course because he knew Jesus is worthy of it all. Some of us this morning might feel like we're failures. Because we're going, man, Chris, this sounds great, but I already gave up. I've been off that course for a long time. You know what the great thing is about God? As soon as we say, God, forgive me for going off course, he's right there to grab you and put you right back on it. You will never be a failure to God unless you completely give up forever. You may have failed, you may have made mistakes, you may have blown it here and just done this thing, like, oh man, whatever. All he's looking for us to say is, God, please forgive me and I want to stay the course 
He says, let's go. And he pulls you right back on track. He pulls you right back on course. And he says, stay the course. Guys, we need to embrace God's view of the situation. Whatever situation we're in, maybe it's a health situation. Maybe it's a financial situation. Maybe it's a relational situation. It does not matter. We need to embrace God's view of that situation instead of our immediate frustration in that situation. And we have to stay the course. If I would have taken a turn and turned around and gone this other direction to go home the other day, it would have taken me an extra hour and a half. Because once I finally decided to give in to the maps and said, okay, I will stay the course, within two minutes, the light turned and it opened up. And I was right back on time after I sped a little bit to getting back when I was supposed to. I want to end with this. And this is out of Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. Let us not lose heart in doing good. For in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Another version of that, it says it like this. It says, let us not grow weary or become discouraged in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap if we do not give up. Stay the course. Whatever it is that God is saying, hey, I'm taking you on this journey right now. Hey, we're walking through these things and we're going, but God, I don't like it. And this is hard. And this health journey is much more difficult than I thought. This financial journey is much more difficult than I thought. This relational journey is much harder than I thought it was going to be. God, what do I do? How do I get out of this? I'm looking at everything I can. Well, that's when we have to go back and say, God, what are you saying? Because what God is saying is all that matters. Because what God's word It says, the Bible tells us that he will always be faithful to complete it. Always. The grass withers, flowers fade, flowers wither, grass fades, but the word of the Lord stands forever. And it will accomplish everything that it was sent forth to accomplish. So if you have a promise from God, that you know, reading the word, that you know God has spoken to your heart and you're saying, God, I know you have said this and you're not seeing it fulfilled and actually in the moment it seems like you're further delayed than ever before, stay the course. Stay the course. Does this make sense this morning? Let's stand and we're going to pray and be dismissed. We're going to have people up here. If you need prayer for anything after service, please come up and get prayer. We would love to pray with you. Maybe it's about something in the message. Maybe it's about something completely different. That's fine. But we just want to be able to pray with you. I believe we also have snacks in the back. And so stick around and fellowship afterward. Father, we love you and we thank you. God, I'm just so appreciative of the fact that you have given us this reminder to stay the course. God, when things are getting hard, when everything seems to be going contrary to what we think it should happen, God, I ask that you would remind us to stay the course. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would just saturate us with your presence so that we know that we have the grace to stay the course that you have called us to do. God, we love you. We thank you. 
God, I ask that you would just bless every person here and every family represented here as well. God, just be with Zach and Osi as they travel this week, God, and just encounter them with your presence in everything they do. And in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Guys, you're dismissed. Have a wonderful week, and we will see you all next Sunday.